are back. Warp and Move Radio, RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50, and we are here every week to participate in community with others who are doing good, Christians who are doing good in and around Indianapolis. And uh, today we are privileged to have Nabil Salfi here with us uh, for this duration of our interview. Before we get to that interview today uh, from, with Nabil from Church at the Crossing, we want to tell you about our sponsor, the Comenius Institute. At the Comenius Institute, we cross three bridges. We cross the bridge into college at IUPUI, helping young Christian college students navigate their studies from a decidedly Christian point of view. They come and chat with me uh, after the show. Actually, I'm going up to uh, IUPUI campus and spend some time, about four hours up there across from Caribou Coffee, second floor. If anybody wants to come join us there, feel free. Uh, we spend time there talking with Christian young people about uh, their theological questions as well as the questions that they have to deal with in classes and in their disciplines. The second bridge we cross is into communities, which is what we're doing here on this radio show right now. We're glad to uh, participate in community, and that particular radio show reaches out uh, in lots of different ways. We've had over 150 shows. We've had over 200 guests on our program over a three-year span. We're really happy to uh, integrate, literally integrate, Indianapolis in that way with special emphasis on bridging cultures and specifically uh, bringing black and white leaders together. The third bridge that we cross is into culture, and so I write and speak and teach on all different kinds of cultural issues constantly. You can go and see our websites, uh, my personal website, warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. Or you can go to the Cominius Institute website, cominiusinstitute.org.com, and you can see all of our video presentations, all of my essays, all of those things there, all kinds of uh, things that are up there that might be advantageous and beneficial. Uh, the latest thing that we've been doing in the last eight months is uh, a little episode we do every Tuesday morning, which is called Truth in Two, where we take a Christian truth and we explain it in two minutes. It's always story-based, and it's always uh, something that uh, grabs people's attention and gets them to think Christianly about the culture in which we live. But today, as every Wednesday, we come to you uh, with a new guest, a new interview, a new opportunity to meet people in and around Indianapolis who are doing good. And today, Nabil is joining us here from uh, Church at the Crossing, and we are glad that, they are, that you are here to uh, listen to Nabil and see him if you're watching Facebook Live. Nabil, thanks so much for your time today. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Mark. We're grateful uh, for the work that you do, but before we get to the work that you do, uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, tell everybody about your context, your history, your cultural background, and how many languages do you speak? Well, it's, uh, it's a privilege to be with you on the show. Uh, well, again, my name is Nabil, and uh, I was born and lived most of my life in, life in Beirut, Lebanon. Mm. And uh, I call this country a country of controversies where you can mm. experience like five-star hotels and luxury at the same time. Mm. You can just drive less than a mile and you'll be in a slum. Mm. And uh, I grew up in, in this uh, context, and I grew up also with another, with, a, with another lens to add to it because I grew up where I was born I grew up during the Civil War ah. so most of my life I spent my life within like a one mile, one mile radius okay and I was like almost under siege uh, uh, with different kinds of uh, uh, adversaries around us and mm. it was quite a quite an interesting experience to mm. me and uh, 
So uh, the word of God and uh, the gospel was very challenging to me, especially mm. when it comes to Matthew four uh, five forty four, when mm. it says like love your enemy. Right. And because uh, when when you're growing up in a context where uh, as a young kid or a young adolescent, when it's like all your life is your church, your mm. uh, your school, and your playground or your community or neighborhood, mm. and one one after another, you see them flattened by the enemy through mm. the, their sh shelling, and so you you develop a different worldview, so it becomes a challenge. Yes, <laughs> yes. Now you mentioned the Civil War, just for the sake of context for everybody, yeah. historical context. That was during the 1980s. Is that well, correct? Well, it started in 1975, the year 75. I was born, and it was uh, it ended in 1990. So that was like the bulk of it was in the those 15 years. Okay, yeah. and when you talk about uh, the enemy shelling, it kind of explain that for everybody because yeah. I don't, you know, Americans we live in this very safe environment. So yeah. tell people about what that meant. So so Beirut uh, is a, is a city is a metropolitan cosmopolitan city of like over two million people now, and it's so it's very dense. It's smaller mm. in geographical area, so it's. Uh, I would say one quarter the size of Indianapolis. Mm, and yeah. it was divided into uh, two sections, the east side and the west side. Mm. On the east side where uh, it was, a, it was at one point it was a religious uh, kind of uh, civil war where mm. between Muslims and Christians. Yes. So I was stuck on the Christian side because Lebanon has like, like a 50, almost at that point like a 50-50 ratio of mm. the, the population. Okay. And so, so, uh, so there was division in the army, there was division in, in the militias. Mm. So shelling was like if you're if you're like in uh, on 10th Street and uh, you would be getting like snipers and shelling from like 38th Street. Oh my! So word. this is that close and mm. uh, hand grenades and uh, guerrilla fighters coming and sneaking and that. so growing up on my on my in my neighborhood in my on my street, I I literally saw dead bodies. Mm. So that kind of shaped my sure. view. Uh, for years. Yes. And it certainly is not uh, any different from anybody, let's say, for instance, who grows up in very violent neighborhoods in the United States. But yeah. quite frankly, for most of us, that isn't our experience in this country. No, it, it is not. It is not. It's, it's a vast, it's a big country. But it, I would say it's as close as like if you're living in a really rough, rough neighborhood, for mm -hmm. example, in, a, in an inner city yes. uh, situation. Yeah. yeah. That kind of. Uh, setting, uh, certainly, as you've well suggested, uh, impacts how you view the world. Um, let's just take a, a short segue and talk just for a moment about uh, the intersection with Israel, and specifically as it relates to uh, your views of Israel and uh, Lebanon's views of Israel, the Christian Lebanese views of Israel. And then I also want to ask you about Charles Malik, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, the famous Charles Malik. But go ahead, tell us about that. Well, uh, again, uh, the country of Lebanon is at a state of war uh, currently since the 70s until now with the state of Israel, and there's dispute about land mm -hmm. as well. So, so th this has been like an ongoing thing, mm -hmm. uh, but it varies between uh, subgroups or subcultures within the Lebanese population because mm -hmm. the, the state of Lebanon is not at war with the Jewish mm -hmm. people. It's not, it's not fighting the... the uh, the the religion, but some groups uh, take it to the next level yes. uh, because it's a, it's a matter of existence mm. and kind of uh, in a like in relation of uh, a whole religion. Mm. So this th there are some like uh, points that we disagree even among each other in sure. Lebanon because uh, 
uh, we want to make sure that we honor life, we honor people, and the right of existence. Yeah, the right, the right of existence. Did everybody hear that? <laughs> That's not a phrase you normally hear around the United States, but certainly. Uh, in war-torn lands, uh, that's the, the case. But I wanted to ask you, uh, before we get into the kinds of work that you're doing now, about Charles Malik, because I, and again, this is for those people who may or may not know uh, the history of your country, much less of the United Nations. Tell everybody who Charles Malik is and why he, he might be an important figure for us to connect as Christians to Lebanon. Well, I mean, he, he uh, first, He's like a, a, a hero in, in Lebanon. He's re very well respected at every level, yeah. with every group, yeah. uh, because he was kind of um, at equal distance in his um, mindset and, and his teaching. Mm. And, and this helped him to kind of become like a major voice at the United Nations, mm. uh, representing Lebanon in a very uh, objective way. Mm. And what, what I can summarize, uh, Charles Malik is like he was an advocate of peace, mm -hmm. and that was kind of uh, he he got he got his shots, and he he got also uh, the heat from uh, from different politicians, from different politicians, <laughs> yeah. politicians because he didn't he did not align with their agenda. Right. But his teachings, his writings, is still used by the, both sides. Mm -hmm. It's like he's like he's becoming like a separate a separate school mm. uh, uh, and a kind of unified, uh, not unified, but like a, uh, it's like a uh, like a middle point school that everybody mm. can learn from. Wonderful. <laughs> I, I think about Charles Malik uh, often when I think about uh, him opening actually the. Uh, the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton, uh, Wheaton College in Illinois, and um, his famous speech uh, for that particular opening was really quite fantastic about the necessity of uh, saving the mind mm -hmm. and the importance of uh, our responsibility as the church to uh, have a different kind of mindset, to not just see this as some kind of spiritual issue alone, but to see it as a whole issue for all people. Yeah. He was a big advocate of a holistic approach. Yes. And because when you're in a context um, context of war and survival mm. mode, mm. your mind is so much limited for yeah. survival. Mm. And so you don't have the margin to mm. think and, and dream about the future. Mm. So you become like very temporary, like immediate, immediacy becomes like your, yes. your daily living. Right. Mm. One of the things that uh, those of you who are listening uh, here now, as well as those who pick up the podcast later on, uh, hear this on a regular basis. The One of the least taught doctrines in the church today is coherence, the necessity of helping people to understand that by him are all things held together. Yeah. The reason for warp and woof, vertical, horizontal threads that make up fabric. You know, we're always concerned about the wholeness of everything. And so we don't want to have agendas in the sense of conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, black and white. We want to actually have an agenda that's simply Christian-based and then uh, to help people to think differently because of that. Yeah. So that kind of brings us to the centerpiece of what we want to talk about today, which is uh, your work specifically uh, at uh, Church of the Crossing, but also your work overseas in Lebanon and also in the other trips that you'll be taking. So why don't you just kind of give us a panoramic scope mm -hmm. of some of the things that you do, because I know you're doing an awful lot, and then we'll take a break after you kind of give us a universal, and then we'll dig into the details after the break. Well, thanks. Uh, well, God has been uh, gracious and generous with me and with uh, Church of the Crossing that help us kind of to have the uh, 
the ability to think of uh, and about things that we can do, whether on the local and the global mm -hmm. uh, uh, global level. So, I mean, and my missiology and, and, and Church of the Cross is kind of where, like, connected because, uh, uh, you know, I believe, I'm a big believer, and I'm sure, like, like lots of people, like, God is on a mission, mm. and he's always uh, mm. sending us places. And it's a matter of, like, where and when, and mm. like in, in John in John 9, he's kind of, he was telling uh, his, the people around him, like, while it is day, mm. we, are, we are sent by God to do his work. Mm. And this is the first time, or maybe one of the few times, he say, we, not I. Mm. So he's including us on, on God's mission. Mm. And, and this is like kind of, it's, it's, it's like the story of my life, or the summarizes my life. Like, I'm on a mission with God, and I, I, cannot, I cannot believe that he asked me to partner with him. Mm. So wherever he takes me. So, so mm. I look at the world as cultures, not countries. Mm -hmm. And uh, so to understand the culture, so how you can serve them with mutual accountability. So mm -hmm. because, because you cannot serve with like upper hand and lower hand. You, can, you want to make sure like dignity and mm -hmm. honor, all of those, like keep the values kind of together. Mm -hmm. So this brings me to uh, what my role is. My role as a missions and outreach pastor, also I do the executive pastor role, but it's all in all, I, 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 I'm blessed to serve in a capacity to go and uh, invite people to a relationship with, mm. with God mm. and Christ in particular as mm. the gateway because mm. uh, the church uh, through my travels I realized that over the years the church has fallen into the trap of brushing the church brand versus brushing the Jesus brand oh. so this is a big deal for me okay. kind of like it was an aha moment like mm. I, I try every opportunity like how can I move us from mm. Uh, promoting the church, the local church, which is a, a great thing. Yes. But it's not the thing. It's not the thing. That's right. Jesus is the subject. That's right. And so we're trying to help to help move move us in from one way to another. So I do that in, a, in an American context and in an Indianapolis mm. context, and I do that in a Middle Eastern context because uh, I'm blessed to speak both languages, English and mm. Arabic, and uh, Arabic is my native tongue. So I get the benefit of producing uh, and or hosting. Uh, a weekly Arabic show that is mm. kind of broadcast to the Middle East uh, to send hope of Jesus mm. Christ to people who speak Arabic. And it's m mainly people from the Muslim background mm. uh, religion. Mm. My favorite four-letter word is hope. <laughs> yes, right along with love, of course, but there you go. We're going to be taking a one-song break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking more with Nabil, and he's uh, from Church of the Crossing here in Indianapolis, also, uh, a tremendous minister of the gospel in Arabic-speaking lands. He'll be taking off here this weekend, uh, going overseas to the Middle East. We'll talk more about that after the break. We're, you're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take a one-song break. We'll be right back. We are back. Warp and Woof Radio, radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50, and we're glad to be here with you. H.B. Bell, our producer. The wonderful man who runs Radio Next and has all kinds of shows. We've got uh, great things going on at Radio Next and thankful for the platform. Today we are uh, having an interview here with Nabil Safi, and he is coming to us from uh, the great church at the Crossing uh, in Indianapolis. And we want to talk, uh, Nabil, about some of the things that you do at Church of the Crossing, and then we want to talk about where you're going to be going and ministering, and then some of the other avenues of opportunities you have. Yeah. So, uh, Church of the Crossing has been uh, has been in existence, if you will, as a, as a 
church for the community for the last 118 years. So it's wow. A, so it started like somewhere here downtown, and it's like after 118 years, five campuses, maybe seven or eight senior pastors. Wow. Uh, we're still kind of trying to figure out how we can serve Jesus in our, for our community and in our community. Nice. So uh, a few years back, uh, our uh, our mission and vision has become like Go Love. It's mm. becoming like our website, like golove.org. Mm -hmm. And now in this new season, new life cycle, uh, we have a new senior pastor who's really passionate about evangelism and discipleship, mm. inviting people to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ, to be followers of Jesus Christ. So uh, we're picking up the language of like, go love one more, mm. one more person. Mm. Uh, because, uh, you know, uh, Jesus on the cross, like in the last few minutes, he won one more person mm. to be in paradise with him. Mm. Uh, the uh, parable or, or the story of the shepherd, like mm. he left the 99 for the one. So we're, we're focusing on this uh, language. Mm. And so we want to go love. And it, the church is a very generous and sending church. Mm. Uh, so so we are celebrating that 20% of our income, our budget, goes to missions and outreach and wow. evangelism. Wow. So, so this is a, a, a telling sign of, mm. of the sacrificial giving and the mm. generous giving of the congregation mm. to do that. And it, it's not just about the resources, it's about the mindset. Yes. And uh, so we are blessed to serve um, with, many, with many partners, and uh, we do that uh, through relationship, relationship partnerships, mm. not transactional. So it's just like you cut a check. You know, mm. we try to get involved in the ministry, send our people, train. It's a, it's a, it's a, and we look at it as a two-way road. So we mm. learn from our partner as much as we support. Mm. So we have partnership in Europe, in Africa, in the Middle East, and in, in Asia, mm. and uh, some in South or Latin America. So uh, I'm recently, uh, my recent next trip is to India and Bangladesh. And uh, we, uh, we are big believers of uh, uh, balancing the uh, proclamation and the application of the gospel. Mm. So, so we use a lot of tools as gateways mm. to do that. So for example, in India, we are, uh, we're partnering with a sh village shelter. Mm. Uh, and it's young girls who, without this shelter, they would be very vulnerable for sex trafficking. Okay. And so we do that as well in Bangladesh. And in Bangladesh, we go there and uh, we just dig a, wall, dig a well, uh, provide a community center and a clean, uh, like, a house for young teenage girls because mm. they wash on the river and they get abducted and, and raped on the river. So uh. we, we do that to provide the safety for the community, not for the Christians. So and this is a 99% uh, Muslim nation. Hmm. And uh, zero point four, zero point uh, one, maybe uh, or maybe ninety eight percent, or maybe one percent Hindu, and less than one percent Christian. Hmm. But we're empowering the Christian pastors and leaders uh, with this, and if we do that, is that they invite people to the community center, and they, we plant the church there. Hmm. And because of persecution, uh, people come in groups; they come together in communities hmm. for for baptism and and to become followers of Jesus Christ, because hmm. they know when they get baptized. They go back as a group for support when the persecution right. comes. Right. And when we go and ask them, like, how can we pray for you? Can we pray for safety? They, they say, no, pray for boldness. Mm. We know that we're going to get into persecution. This is mm. something that uh, here in the United States we have to relearn. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we, live in a, we live in a privilege that, uh, or maybe I would say our kind of persecution is different. Mm -hmm. I think the church is under attack. Here in the United mm. States, but in a different in way. In a different way. In yep. a different way. So we try to do that in uh, in multiple countries, and uh, 
in the Middle East, we have partnership with organizations and church that support uh, the Syrian refugees. Mm. And again, the gateway is to give food and shelter and all of that. But over the last seven years, eight years since the war started in Syria, for example, we've been loving on over 2,000 families from the Syrian mm. refugees with unconditional love. And then when we started gath- uh, worship gathering, the organization started gath- worship gathering, that's not connected to the support. Right. Hundreds of people come and be- they become followers of Christ. Mm. Uh, within their kolkata, they're still wearing the hijab, they're still wearing that, but they're praising Jesus Christ. Mm. And mm. for me, that was like, because I come from this co- from, from Lebanon, I saw that happening in Lebanon, uh, I, because I saw the tensions with the Syrians were one of our enemies. Because they were, Lebanon was under oppression for decades under the Syrian refugees. So the church and the people in Lebanon were at the crossroads. Do we reconcile or we come back at those people and get kind of like, uh, get, say, tell them, like, hey, you get what you reap? Mm-hmm. So most of the churches kind of stepped up and reconciled through the Holy Spirit. I'm sure this is something I cannot do. But I was like in tears last summer when I saw the inter- interaction of the church in Lebanon with Syrian refugees serving them and people uh, praising God. Mm. And I didn't expect to see that in my lifetime. Mm. So that was like a death-defining moment for my faith. Wow. And uh, so, so I was like, uh, okay, so this is a new day. Mm. Yeah, yeah th- this concept that you're suggesting here today about our responsibility is to love, and you just mentioned the whole issue of you reap what you sow, but that's not our job. No. Our job isn't to do the reaping. <laughs> no, no, that's not. We, we cannot put ourselves in a judgment mm-hmm. seat. Yeah. Uh, because, and I don't want to clarify one thing, because I, originally I was talking about like the word missiology, that mm-hmm. we, we are partnering with God and we are sent on a mission. Mm-hmm. What's this mission? To show the love or to express the love that we have experienced mm. and the word missiology just for those who are not aware of that this is a fancy word i apologize about it it's 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 our understanding of the mission of god of where god is going mm. and what's his plan which is to save the world and what he is inviting us the church who choose to be in his kingdom to go to the mission field which is anywhere in the world and anyone who does not have a relationship with jesus christ mm. to invite him or her a relationship with Jesus Christ, mm. and that that's what we call whether it's here in Indianapolis or halfway across the world. Right, <laughs> right. This uh, this opportunity that you have halfway across the world uh, comes in lots of different ways. So this weekend you're on your way to Bangladesh and India, but you also have a radio show, yeah. and the radio show is quite distinctive. Uh, probably not a radio show that most folks here could understand. Tell us about that. Yeah, the radio show is, is based uh, from a need uh, since, uh, uh, I, I think it started in 2012. And uh, the need was like uh, over what was called the Arab Spring. We saw mm. a lot of um, mm. young people in the Arab world uh, going away from religion and faith and God, whether it's in the Christian or in the Muslim world. Because mm. all what they're seeing, especially in the Muslim context, that it's not consistent with what they've been taught. Mm. So all the killing, the uh, the uh, uh, the terrorism, all that it became like, wow! I don't want to associate. I don't want to associate mm-hmm. myself with this. I'm I'm just kind of away. So lots of people are going to be uh, we're, we're cl- declaring themselves like I'm an atheist or an, uh, uh, so so. And there was a, a high kind of rate of uh, uh, despair and suicide. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. became higher and higher. 
higher. Mm. So we wanted to spread the hope. And so this is the whole uh, concept of this uh, radio show. It's a short radio show. It's a weekly radio show that it's conversational, like what mm -hmm. we're doing right now. It's gospel-centered and bringing hope to people. The name of the show is Kullu Tamam in Arabic, which is an actual translation of all is well. Mm. And then we go, always go back, all is well, because we have hope in mm. Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And mm. we try to use the language that is uh, c uh, conventional or relevant to the community. And we always call for following Jesus. We use mm. this kind of term, following Jesus, reading uh, the Bible. And uh, we used to do it on a shortwave radio, and we didn't have a lot of impact. But then we moved to the Internet. And this is when it exploded. Man, it's like with targeted uh, areas, it's like there's the magic of internet. Yes. And uh, <laughs> suddenly, it's like you have like 10,000 followers mm -hmm. and uh, uh, over 100,000 uh, 100, downloads and over a million interactions. Mm. And honestly, my phone is like the best device. I get messages. I interact with people on a regular basis, mm. kind of telling them about Jesus. Mm. The, the, whole, the, whole, the whole radio program is, is telling people about Jesus and the hope for Jesus Christ. It's not apologetic, it's not religious, it's not polit political. Mm. It's just telling them about the grace, grace and mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Mm. You had mentioned numbers. Uh, what kind of receptivity are you getting uh, from people in a public way? Now, I'm assuming that, uh, and you know, maybe my assumption is wrong, but I'm assuming that a lot of the interaction you're getting is private. Um, do you get any public uh, positive commendation or even combative responses all of the above okay <laughs> uh, on on the private and on the public uh, okay. and because uh, people figured out that internet is a venue of freedom mm -hmm. when you live in a country or in a regime that mm. you don't have the uh, the availability or the opportunity to experience freedom mm -hmm. so lots of our listeners they go up on the internet with pseudonyms Okay. So, so that they, they sure. so they not be kind of caught, right? And they express themselves, and lots of them uh, have positive feedback, and we get a lot of heat as well. But what's really interesting is that we get interaction among uh, listeners, kind of like, no, you shouldn't be kind of uh, be combative or or be condemning what mm. we're saying. They they're kind of supporting us. Nice. Because they realize that we're not attacking anyone right. else. We're just talking about what we believe. Right. So it's it's been fascinating to see mm. that. It's really nice when other people step up and defend you. Isn't I know. It nice? It's like it's like an outside voice. Like, yeah. it's, it's like you cannot beat that. No, exactly <laughs> right. So this kind of response that you get from outside and and inside uh, the church. Talk about the response that people are having that, let's say, maybe live in the United States and have uh, some kind of connection to this particular show, whether it be their patronage, uh, through their financial support, or perhaps through the fact that maybe uh, they actually speak Arabic here, uh, they've come from a Muslim country, and maybe they're being introduced to Jesus in America Mm -hmm. only through an Arabic station. So tell us about that. Is that something that's going on? Well, through our analytics, we know that uh, the United States is one of the countries that we, we get listeners okay. from. I haven't yet got any interaction, direct interaction through that. But a story from the other part of the world mm -hmm. that would be encouraging for all of us, like a guy who uh, who's a Yemeni guy, 
and he lives in rural, rural Yemen and mm. uh, in the war zone of Yemen, in fact. He was working in Saudi Arabia and uh, he met a couple of uh, uh, co-workers from the Philippines and Ethiopia mm. and they became friends. And over time, they shared the gospel with him mm. and he became a follower of Christ. Wow. So he came back to Yemen uh, and he listened to our radio program. So he contacted me and said, I want to get baptized. And said, hey, I, I don't know any people in Yemen, but let me do some research. Mm. So I tried, 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 and for, uh, for, for almost uh, a couple of months, and at one point I was ready if we had enough bandwidth to baptize him over the Internet when I have like two people with me as, as witnesses, okay. and he would do that. He and his family wants to get baptized. So he didn't have that, but then through a series of connections from several countries, I was able to help him get connected with a disciple in Yemen mm. who invited him uh, to a hotel to a hotel that had a swimming pool and that? a bunch of them got baptized wow. and they are being disciples now disciples now it's, it's like this is affirming mm -hmm. that uh, this is God's work and uh, right. so it's worth the investment yes <laughs> exactly and and yeah, and our brother H.B. Bell is over there on the other side of the room uh, amening all of this because that's exactly what he's been doing for eight years is doing this Internet radio thing. Uh, tell us about some of the guests that you've had and some of the opportunities they've had to tell about the things they do and who they are. Yeah, I've had guests who have, who have like, really powerful uh, testimonies, uh, some people who've been, like, either uh, from the community, uh, from the Arab community, uh, either suicidal or on drugs, mm -hmm and uh, or uh, they had some really bad family dynamics and how, how God reconciled, uh, reconciled them back to their family. Uh, I've had uh, artists mm. and how, he, uh, how they were able to introduce uh, w w the role of music in mm. following Jesus mm. and the hymns and chants and all that and nice. what does it mean as a, as a new follower of Jesus. I've had people talk about the ministry for orphans, and uh, so we've had like, uh, uh, I had a poet one time, and he was sharing a lot nice. of his poems and how he's using his gifts for for Christ. And that's great. So it's been it's been fascinating. That's great. Have you had any academics yet? I've had uh, I've had maybe one person who was a teacher. Okay, that's really yeah. it's really fascinating. So the uh, issue that I think maybe. A, some Americans would be asking right now. Uh, they're watching this show or they're going to pick us up later on and they're going to say, well, you know, my first thought when I think of the Muslim world is terrorism. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with those issues? Do you not deal with those issues? Have you had any interaction with people who have said, uh, we hate the gospel and therefore, you know, we, are, we do not want you to be around? Well, we've had that. Yes, and uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, we had a lot of that, and uh, but and I personally interacted with them for hours, mm. and uh, we have developed a discipline of honoring, understanding, and respecting, and and never get into uh, argu argumentative mm -hmm. uh, uh, situation and taking all the conversations back. This is Jesus. This is what I believe an invitation for you mm -hmm. and we are not asking you to do anything uh, mm. uh, we're not asking forcing you to do anything and it ends there because and they do the same because uh, in, in Islam there is uh, something called the 
uh, Abdallah, which is mm. the, uh, their version of evangelism. Mm. And uh, to like, I listen and say like, hey, let's talk. And uh, and I try to respect uh, because whoever is attacking, uh, uh, you have to be careful not to take this this personally in this kind of context because mm. uh, they're attacking because uh, most, I would say 90% is because they are insecure. Mm. So every time I start the conversation, whenever somebody's uh, attacking me, it says like, hey, I don't want anything to do with all the apologetics or anything. I just want to ask you a question. I have something that I'm sharing with you, which is, if I drop dead tomorrow or today, I have the confidence of, of going to heaven. I just want the same for you. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you have? Mm. Can I share the why behind that? Mm. And Because this is something that's really bedrock for our faith, but it is non-existent in other faiths. Mm. Uh, no faith can give you the confidence of the afterlife. Mm. They can give you speculations, they can teach you maybes, they can give you... So when you start talking about solid truth in the afterlife, it changes the whole dynamic on the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is an amazing thing when you stop to consider that uh, Jesus' earliest and constant comments were about eternal life yeah. and the necessity of being born again. Yeah, We're going to take a quick one-song break, but when we come back... Uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Debeel and uh, end our conversation today uh, as it relates to uh, further work that he's doing, maybe some things that uh, he anticipates doing in the future. Uh, we're going to take a one-song break. We'll be back in about three minutes. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next. Back, Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're pleased today to uh, be finishing up our interview here this morning with Nabil from uh, Church at the Crossing. Uh, Nabil's been telling us in the first segment about kind of an overview of his work, and then in the second segment, uh, talking about some of the details of that work. But here in just the last few minutes, the last five, seven minutes that we've got left in our episode today, uh, we wanted to talk about the necessity of how we get along with people. And one of the things we were talking about uh, on Facebook Live just for a moment was the idea of peace. So let's talk for a minute, Nabil, about peace and the importance of that how we can greet each other in peace as Christians, what that means for people, and why people want peace. Yes. Uh, so uh, I want to make sure that uh, I share what I believe in that because peace is not necessarily the absence of anxiety or the absence of danger. So it's mm -hmm. like it's something that's not innate to us. It, we're wired to live in peace mm -hmm. because God of blessed us with that mm -hmm. and in, in again in, in, in John 1 he wants us to, to live an abundant life mm -hmm. which explains also the shalom of a comprehensive mm -hmm. like a complete life and uh, so when you're when, when you see like culture struggling uh, I think they're struggling for two reasons uh, first they, they're either struggling because they have different values that mm -hmm. they that clashing values yes. or they have different set of beliefs that they became uh, more important to them to to uh, than obedience to God. Mm. Uh, so, if God's obedience, if God's uh, kind of uh, calling us to obey Him through peace, because He's the God of peace, then uh, why do we greet each other uh, with peace? Like in the Middle East, this is a very common greeting. Mm. So in Islam, it's like "Salamu alaykum," which is like mm. "peace on you," mm -hmm. like I'm bestowing this peace. And and um, 
And the same in, in the Christian as, uh, cultures, like it's marhaba, marhaba, which is like I bring love and peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an Aramaic word. So both contexts, like they are seeking peace. So I, I, I'm strongly believing mm-hmm. that uh, every culture, every religion is seeking peace. It's just like the way we go about it sometimes doesn't take us to the right place. There you go. That's it. <laughs> exactly right. And, you know, everybody thinks that peace comes out of thin air. Like, you know, we should just be able to give it to each other. Yeah. But there's a basis for peace, which is justice. And then underneath justice is righteousness. Mm-hmm. And this always makes me think of Romans 5. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why we can have peace with the Father is because of the justice that was taken <laughs> care of because of the righteousness <laughs> of the Son. Yeah, and yeah. grace that was extended to us. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so if we don't take those in that order, Mm-hmm. And and we understand that peace is not is not something that we have we want to give that is something that we receive yes and and it's when we receive it we're humbled mm-hmm. and we're humbled we just like then there's a compromise and then, then mm-hmm. if the other person is not on the same wavelength that we are then mm-hmm. we have to extend this kind mm-hmm. of grace to yeah. them whether they share the same beliefs and religion or not mm-hmm. and uh, and then this is when the good side of the word coexistence takes place Uh Uh, where uh, unity is not uniformity Uh (laughs) and Mm. then I understand that I have different set of beliefs and values and religions and whatever and but I you are a human being and you whether you are from the same uh, culture or religion and you are still created in the image of God, mm-hmm. and my job is to invite you, yes, uh, to become in a relationship with Jesus Christ if I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. But my job is not like to eliminate you, eliminate mm-hmm. you so that if you don't agree with me, mm-hmm. and this is where it ca- the, uh, mm-hmm. the peace uh, principle gets kind of broken, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, this concept of peace uh, and justice uh, go hand in hand. Uh, actually, they're supposed to be uh, righteousness and, and justice are supposed to be kissing each other. And peace, of course, uh, is invested in that as well. But it is an outgrowth, mm-hmm. as you well suggest, of something given to us. Yes. Yes. And, and the Bible is, is very clear. Like we, we are to pray for the well-being and the peace of the city, mm-hmm. the city that we live in. And, yeah. and, and, and it comes in multiple, it's manifested in multiple ways. This is why mm-hmm. we do good. Mm-hmm. Because we want to give more room for peace, yes, and and eventually, uh, how do you give more room for for peace when you bless people with things that makes them feel peaceful? Yes, and because uh, I believe personally, God has created us to do two things: mm. uh, to worship Him and to work. Mm-hmm. And by adding value to both things for for people, mm. this is how you help them kind of live a comprehensive and a life mm. that is based on peace. Mm. The tagline for this show is uh, do good, do good, do good uh, from Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Uh, and that's the, the kind of folks that we want on this program is, is to do just that. Let's talk about one more thing before we break for today. And that is this idea of doing good since you brought it up. Um, one of the things that we've heard uh, in the church for a long time is an emphasis on truth. And in fact, uh, from Aristotle to Aquinas to other great philosophers of ages gone by, uh, they have talked about something called truth, goodness, and beauty. Um, I've often thought and been teaching that we should be flipping that around, that we should show beauty, we should do good, and then maybe somebody will want to hear our truth. Yes. 
What do you think about that concept of doing good so as to attract people to the gospel? I think it's a gateway that God has given given us because he went roaming uh, the villages and the cities doing good and healing. He started with the with that so that and then he can also started teaching yes so so and for us like for example when uh, as a congregation when we serve in the inner city or when we serve in the suburbs like we go to the cities and we serve with communities or with ministries like for example shepherd or uh, mm. shepherd community or wheeler and all so is this about the meal that we provide no mm. it's like we want to be there for the people mm -hmm. for our neighbors and we want to develop a relationship. And once you have a relationship and a, and a dialogue, yes. then if you stand out as a, a good doer and a peacemaker, mm -hmm. then the, the person would ask you, like, why are you doing that? And yeah. this is a question about truth. There you go. There and this is go. the truth opportunity to share. Right. I want to give you uh, 30 seconds here at the end of our show to kind of finalize uh, what you want to leave people with. Uh, before we do that, though, I wanted to just say to everybody, once again, we're really happy uh, that we can come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Uh, we're glad to be able to interview some of the folks that are in and around Indianapolis who are doing good, uh, showing beauty, and then, of course, uh, sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus. Uh, Nabil, here in the last 30 seconds or so, from your vantage point, if you were going to, wanted to leave our audience with one idea, what would that be? I think we have a wonderful opportunity in this day and age to use uh, uh, technology and mm. communication as a tool to uh, live out the gospel and to share the gospel. Mm. And I've recently realized that more and more people have access to technology than they have access to clean water and healthcare mm. and education all across the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think everybody has a responsibility uh, if they share our beliefs to uh, share this truth and share this love uh, at least with one person mm. so I invite you to find what's who's the next person you're going to share uh, what you've experienced and if you haven't experienced that find a person who love you unconditionally mm. so that uh, you can uh, openly discuss issues of life because uh, life is precious and uh, life is good and we are living in the best times mm. wonderful Thank you ever so much, Nabil, for joining us here today. And if you want to reach out to either one of us, you can find us on social media sites. Uh, certainly, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and give them that website again that, that they can connect with you on so that they can hear it from you. Well, uh, my, our church website is golove.org, G-O-L-O-V-E.org, and you can look, uh, look up my name and my email address. My for you. Please feel free to contact me. And I'm, I'm also on social media like Facebook and uh, Instagram. And um, I have a lot to share more, more, more. I'd be excited to uh, pick your brain and learn from you as well. Mm. One more time, just spell your name for everybody. Uh, again, my name is Nabil Safi. It's spelled N-A-B-I-L, last name S-A-F-I. Wonderful. And my name is Dr. Mark Eckel. We're glad to be with you here every single week. And you can connect with me as well. And if you have any questions about anything, uh, please uh, hit us up. We're happy to ch chat with you about whatever your interests might be. You've been listening to Warp and Roof Radio, RadioNext.tv, at the Cool Group site. We'll be back again next week. See you.